Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Tim. Hi, I'm Tim, uh, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you, Andrea, for asking me to lead. I apologize I didn't make it here last month. Um, let's see, I've been absent for um, over 12 years, back, back from relapse for over 12 years, and I'm down 107, 109 pounds as of this month. And um, I do, I, I, everybody, I've been asked why I say the exact number, because my disease just loves the gray area. It just loves vagueness. It loves, it loves the cracks. And so um, I, I just got to get, I have to come current with where I'm at and, and what the weight loss is. Um, I, didn't, I didn't grow up um, a heavy child. I grew up in the Midwest. We, uh, we grew up on a farm. So the one thing that you, that you two things that you had to do well is, is you had to work, and you had to, you had to do, try your best at school. Didn't, you didn't have to get good grades, you just had to try. And I did not like to work, and I really did not like school. And um, if you would let me play baseball all day, I would, I would be happy. And um, I remember going to my dad at about nine years old, and I said, you know, I said, I see these kids... They live in subdivisions, and, you know, they are right next to each other, so they can play with each other after school, and we're on a farm, and the next kid that's closest to me, which, by the way, I don't even like, uh, he, what do you call it, he, he's a quarter of a mile away, and that's a real commitment, just to go and play with him, um, and I don't like all, I, we have to work all summer long, I don't like that, we've got to do chores, we've got to go to work with you, I didn't like that either. And um, he said, you know, Tim, <laughs> he says, you know, I, I grew up that same way, and I didn't like it either, but this is, wh- this is what is. And I guess at that point, if I, and again, this is all in hindsight, I didn't know this going through it, but I just was like, well, I told you what I wanted, yeah. and you didn't give me what I wanted. And so that's when I really started lying and cheating and stealing to get what I wanted. And so I started becoming a sneak. And if any good food came into the house, I just took it. Um, if, uh, you know, if, if I wanted something, I, I took it. I would steal it from my brothers and sisters. I was the bully. I was the bully in grade school. And, um, you know, if I wanted it, I took it. I, I, would, I was the oldest boy, so I bullied my younger brothers and sisters. For any good food, they, they knew that they would have to give a portion of it to me. And so that kind of changed when I hit high school because we, <laughs> we were kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies. We got into some money. And um, um, the, the, after my, I, I, I grew up on a small farm Catholic high school or grade school, and then, and then we moved to the city, and I went to this big Catholic all-boys high school. And I was, I was the number one athlete in this one, and I was like the number 2,000 athlete in this one. And I could not handle that juxtaposition. I could not handle that. But since growing up on the farm, we were encouraged to eat big meals. And I fit in. That's the one way that I fit in with my family. 
is dinner time was silent. I mean, it was like, it was silent. And, and, and I got really good at eating fast because my father sat right next to me. I was the oldest boy and then it went down in age. And, and if you didn't eat faster than him, he took, off a, he took the food off of your plate and then you just went right down the road and you just took it right off the younger kid's plate. And so, but there, it was quiet. It was quiet. There was no drama around dinner time. And so, um, uh, I fit in at dinner time. And in high school, nobody ate like me. <laughs> nobody ate the big, the size meals that I ate. Because we did, we worked. We didn't stop working. We just worked a lot. And, um, I need to fit in. I really need, I need you to like me. I, the, 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 the guy that I want to stand here, I want you to like me. And I need to present this, and, and so it's important to me. And um, when I was in high school, what they were doing was drugs and alcohol. So I'm like, I'm going to fit in that way. And if you if you watch me from the time I was 14 or 15 years old till the time, and now I left the, I left that small farming community, and I didn't want to drink, I didn't want to smoke, and I didn't want to have premarital sex, and because I really wanted to do those things, but I but just like the big talks about a, a moral psychology was not enough. And so those things went by the wayside sometimes quickly. Some, some of them took a little bit longer. Um, and so I was drinking. And if you watch me from the age I was 14 or 15 years old till the time I was 29, I drank alcoholically. I loved the effect produced by alcohol. I loved it. It made me... I remember going... I, got, uh, I just got two brand new teeth. Um, I wish I could show them to you. Uh, <laughs> um... um when, when they gave me that laughing gas, I remember telling the dentist at about eight or nine years old when I busted my teeth out, I'm like, this is the best I've ever felt. This is the best. I will do anything for this. I love that feeling. I love the feeling a couple of drinks will give me. I love the feeling that a big plateful of pasta will give me because it's, it's all the same for me. And so I drank alcoholically from the time I was 15 to 29. And now, I, again, I might have only had 20 or 30 pounds overweight, never obese, always was able to use the drive for success. My, the belief that I had, the old idea that I had was I had to be thin to get a girlfriend so I could, I could, I could tighten it up really quick. I always would come into a relationship thin and I would leave fat. <laughs> you know, that was the thing. And, 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 and it was harder and harder because the, the slope was going up a little higher every time. And so... Um, uh, it was either money or girlfriend or just feeling sick about myself that I would I would get I would let I would get the weight under control. But at 29, something happened. Something happened where from one day to the next, alcohol was removed. I've never had. I've only had one aspect of alcoholism. I love the effect produced. I will do anything, but I don't have that craving. I do not have that. Cra- I don't wake up the next day and go, "Whoa, man, I'm going to do that again." I love that. I, I'm, I'm going to do it again. I just, I just would leave it alone for a long time. But when I drank, I drank to get, I drank for the effect. But I've never since that, that was 22, 23 years ago. I've never had to call anybody. I've never had to make an outreach call. I've never actually even had a thought to say, let's go, let's go out and get drunk. Never thought about. It. Never, never even have one. Never, the thought never occurred to me. But after that day happened, it was from one day, one moment to the next, where the thought just came into my head. I turned to the girl that I was with and I said, I'll never drink again. And I just literally left the bar and walked out. But that, I, I was ill-equipped to handle life on life's terms. I had been using alcohol. I had been using food a little bit, but I had been using alcohol in particular for 15 years to take the edge off. And now I got nothing. 
And man, I gained about 60 pounds in six, six, six or eight months. I gained so much so quickly, I, I was taking the dog out for a walk and I threw my back out in the middle of like a busy, a busy intersection, in the middle of the road. And I'm, I'm waddling to the side of the road and I can't move for about 30 minutes. And I get home and I'm so embarrassed and shame is a huge driver. I, I, is, it, it, I will do, when I feel ashamed, I, I take action. And what I did is I started running. I started running, and I and I just I just I I ran my first marathon. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't do anything little. I just do it. I just go full tilt, and and so I signed up for the a marathon. And you know, 19 weeks later, after the training, I did the marathon, and and all the weight came off, and I was looking good, and I was ready to go get a girlfriend. But I was I was doing so much running, I, you know, I, and I don't run with groups. I'm not a joiner. I don't I don't join things, and so. Um, I'm like, what's next? Because I, I was afraid that the weight's going to come back on. So then I just I signed up for the Ironman triathlon, and I did that. And so I signed up for that. I did that. And, and as soon as I'm coming back, I, I, I'm like, what's next? What's next? And I, I literally called to find out how much it would cost to climb uh, Mount Everest. Because I knew if I stopped, I was running from this thing, but I knew if it wasn't continually escalated, because I'm not going to do anything twice. i got to do it. It's got to be new. It's got to be exciting. It's got to be different. I was going to go back to the food. And I, I made that call, and they said, if you send us $80,000, we'll help you climb Everest. And I'm like, yeah, I ain't got that kind of money. So within two months of finishing the Ironman, I pulled a geographic. Again, I didn't know it. I moved out to California. Always wanted to come to California. Always wanted to be in the business. So I'm coming out. Now, my, my godfather, who was, who was, is, was my, still is my hero, but he's passed, um, he was the per- first person to introduce me to 12-step program. He was in AA, and he's like, he said, Tim, he said, I think you're going to go out there, and I think you're going to do great. I think you're going to do great in California. And he goes, but at some point, you're going to show up there, and you're going to have to take some actions. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm going to show up when I get to California. That's when I'll be there. I don't even know what you're talking, this mumbo-jumbo stuff when I get there and all that stuff, whatever. But sure enough, he was right. Because all the foods that I had been abstaining from, and again, under no strict regimen, but I, was, I knew I wasn't eating sugar. I knew that those things weren't, that they, they shouldn't be in, on, in my uh, food plan. All of a sudden, it's no longer exciting. No longer is the new career. I love starting over, by the way. I just love starting. Anything brand new, I can, I can excel quickly. And so I, this was a start over. And, but after a year, it was no longer interesting. And sure enough, those foods that I, was, I had a tentative agreement with all of a sudden started slipping back in. And then the weight starts coming back on. And it's no, the running is no longer new and exciting. And the cycling is no longer exciting. So then I, then I make it a competition. And I trick my brothers and sisters into running the marathon, a, run, a marathon with me. But during this time, it, again, I don't want to run. I don't really like exercise. I still to this day don't like it. Uh, I mean, I do it, but I don't like it. And um, so I met this guy, and I still see him on Zoom meetings. God bless him, White Flag Walter. He used to, when, when in-person meetings, and by the way, I love in-person meetings. I love the terrible happy birthdays, which we, we've eliminated from the Zoom meetings. I just love that, the, I mean, it's just melodious, by the way. Um, but I love it. I love it. I do love the energy in these rooms. Um, Sidebar. So where was I? So um, 
he starts, he shows me this picture of him. And I'm like, I'm, I can't stop eating. I, I, I just keep eating and I'm gaining weight and I'm training and I'm running and I don't, you know. He's like, man, he goes, he showed me a picture of him and he was probably 300 pounds sitting on a mountain bike on top of this mountain. And he's like, I, have to, I had to ride 40 miles a week to, to look like that. <laughs> and he's standing in front of me at 180 pounds. And I'm like, well, how did you do it? And he goes, well, I went to Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, listen, I know about what he called. I know my, my, my uncle, what he called, told me all about AA. I don't need a spiritual awakening. I just need to know what foods to eat. And he goes, that wasn't my, that wasn't my case. He goes, I needed a spiritual awakening to stop myself from eating those foods. I'm like, well, whatever. And so I go off, and I keep skipping all the training runs. I get back, and remember I said shame is a big driver? And I get back to uh, Chicago, right? Got families in there. We have a good family. You know, we support each other. We have family members coming in and cheering us. They're all there. We're going to get together for a big dinner. And I decide to sit in my room and eat a large pizza the night before the marathon. I don't know why. I don't know why. But the marathon didn't turn out as well. And... And the shameful part was that my brother and sister, who were first-time marathoners, had a better time than me. And that was like, to me, that was just like, I have got to do something. I, I have to do something. And sure enough, what did I do? I, during all my training and all that stuff that I had done, I had never bought a diet book. In the Chicago airport, I bought a diet book. I bought a diet book. I read that on the flight back. I am ready to go. I'm there Sunday night. I get all my foods. I'm ready for my first Monday morning. And by Monday at noon, I'm eating foods that I shouldn't be eating. I couldn't even make it six hours. And I'm like, I am screwed. And I called Walter. I said, what do I do? He said, let's go to a meeting. And we went to the 730 studios. That, that following morning, we went to the 730 studio meeting. And it was in, it wasn't even in the church. It's that's now. It was in the, in, in the upstairs room. It was so small. Um, there was only like eight, eight or ten people. And I didn't really like it. I didn't like it. I just, but I was just like, okay, they, these people, Walter seems to have a solution, man. He's got a solution. He's too, he showed me his pictures. I believe him. And so we went, we went through the, the, the 12 and 12. We went right through the 12 and 12. I got that I was powerless over food. I got, I, maybe I, I didn't really get that, that my life was unmanageable, but I got that there were foods that I was powerless over. Absolutely. So we got those foods down. We went through the steps. I did my inventory, made my amends. And then I got a food sponsor. <laughs> and then I got a food sponsor. And everything was great for a while. I got down to the weight. I got the girlfriend. I, the job was now turning into a career. Everything is going well. Thank you, OA. And that went along for six, eight, ten, twelve months, whatever it was. But, I, but, but that, that was OA's plan. It was a great plan. It's the OA plan. Fellowship steps, helping the next person. That's the plan. But then I started putting my plan into effect. So I'd still go to the 7.30 meetings because I do enjoy meetings. <clears throat> but instead of going to fellowship afterwards, I have to cut out early to get to the spin class. So, Because I like exercise. I mean, you know, I like spin classes. Okay, perfect. Uh, and then, you know, those phone calls that come in at the inopportune times, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're sponsee calls. And I just don't like taking those. Um, and, and, and I'm still being accountable. Here's the thing is I'm still being accountable for my food. I'm sending it in, but I'm, I'm, t I've got it now compartmentalized. I got Walter over here that I've done the steps. I'm great. 
But and then I've got my food stuff, my food sponsor, and I'm sending in the foods, but I'm not telling anybody the full truth. I've got I've got this little game going that everybody knows a little bit, and I'm technically being honest, but I'm not really being honest, and things are falling through the cracks, and so I'm. It's about let's just say the technical abstinence I guess starts in. Maybe six, eight months down the road, I'm not going to as many meetings, I don't want to talk about it, and the donuts show up on set on the right day at the right time. And uh, and you know what? I said, no, no, no. I said, no, no, no. That was my first reaction, no. But then as the day went on, and these were these were not good donuts. These were these were the these were the little box donuts. And I said, no, 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 I'm not gonna no, no, no. And then as I went by you know what I told myself, and I told myself I wasn't aware of it. I really wasn't aware, but I told myself two lies, and the same two lies we all tell ourselves. It's just going to be one. It's just going to be one. And and I will start myself, I'll start my abstinence over tomorrow. Now, now again, I, I wasn't aware of this, but this is, this is so tricky. Now, because you'll hear in the meetings, you can do anything you want as long as you're willing to take the consequences. Now, I just thought the consequence was one donut and one day. That's all I thought I'd have to surrender for that donut, right? But what happened? I took that donut and then I ate the rest of them. Every one of them was gone. Every one of them. And then the next day, I did not feel like starting my abstinence over. (laughs) I I, I didn't feel like starting my... And so it was five years. It was five years and 117-pound weight gain that I had to surrender to the disease before it let me go. So let's be really clear about... When, what is what you what we say? What we hear about that I can pay the price? I don't know what the price is. That's that's what makes my life unmanageable. I don't know what that price is. I don't know what it's going to take from me. I mean, I'm not a. I, I'm. Let's just say, I'm a very blunt person, right? But and that takes a lot. It takes. I, I and I. Yeah. Um, but when I am in the food, my I would chase my wife down the driveway in the car over, I mean, silly. I mean, that's just who I am. I, I mean, I was taught, you know, I grew up with a bunch of boys. I grew up with a lot of cousins that ag- aggression masks fear. You fight. That's, that's why, and, and, and it doesn't matter who's in the way. And so... I don't know that my family sticks around if I get back into the food. So finally, what happened? I don't know what happened. That's, that on May the 4th, I could not stop eating. My, everything on the, the surface looked okay except for the 280-pound guy, right? Everything else. Wife, we're married. I kept it under control until we got married. And then the game was on, baby, because I can. You have to legally stay here. It's gonna. It's gonna take you some work to get out of this relationship. You just can't leave me, you know. And I love that. Oh, yeah, I did. I just gained so much weight. I kept it together. Yeah. Um, we have a six-month-old daughter. She is sleep trained. We're having a Netflix night. It's gonna be awesome. I convinced the wife. Let's get some pizza. Oh, I'll just get the pizza. I'll go out and get. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And she meant that she wasn't gonna get any pizza. <laughs> you know, that's what she knew. What that meant. And so, 
On the way, I stopped at whatever, McDonald's, whatever, and got this, got some Taco Bell, you know, the whole lying circuit of getting the food. And we had food, we had snacks, and I ate it. I just kept eating, and I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. As soon as there, as soon as there was any room, I just kept eating. And I do remember the feeling of just, it's, I was stuffed, but I was starving. I was stuffed, but I was starving. Ten minutes, perfect, thank you. And so, I ate so much that that night, I fell asleep and I threw up in my mouth. And, and again, I don't know why the disease said, there's your, there's your window. There is your window of opportunity to walk out and say, I, what the fuck is wrong with me? What is I can't stop eating. I have been given a wonderful moral code. I have been given a above average work ethic. I have been given the best. I could any whatever whatever level of education that I could get to. It was provided for me. I could have if if I could have qualified. For, I could have Harvard would have been there for me. And yet. I cannot stop killing myself with food. What is wrong with me? And so I snuck all the way out to Pasadena. <laughs> I drove all the way out to Pasadena. So no, because again, when I came in, I lost all the weight the first time. And all this, everybody's, I'm looking good. I am the man of the hour. And now I'm 280 pounds. And I snuck all the way out to Pasadena. And I don't know if you've ever been to Pasadena. But, and this is just me. This is what I heard. It's not what was said, but it was what I heard. And that's the problem. It's, it was a weird meeting, man. It was a weird meeting. And I was just like, I think, I, think I've, I think I have an idea of what recovery is. And this doesn't sound like it. And it scared me enough because I was maybe only had that one. And I went back to that Sunday morning meeting, that 7.30 meeting. That Sunday morning, 7.30, where it was a serious piece of business. The people, the speakers that they got, the, 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 and they were talking a whole different ball game. And I walked in there and I just was like looking at the ground. I did not want to look at you. I didn't, I didn't want to acknowledge you. And I just sat there and I, who's new? Oh, raise my hand. I hated that. I hated raising my hand. And you have to raise it three times. You have to raise it when you come in. Who's newcomer? Oh, yeah. Then you raise it. At, what do you call it? You want a chip? Yeah, I'll raise it. I did it every time because I was done. The Tim plan was gone. Please tell me what to do. And... My life just changed that day. My life, because I don't know what happened. On May the 4th, I could not stop eating. And then on May the 5th, something happened. Something happened that came into my life that I didn't have to hurt myself with food. And I don't know what... It, now, I took credit for it for about 10 years. I said, I started doing this. And I started going to meetings. And I started do, taking actions. And I started... But listen, I am, I am still that kid... That I don't like reality. And if, it, if I don't like doing it, I don't do it. And, but I don't, I love this shit. I really do. I love it. I, listen, it's not always pleasant. And we'll come current on what's going on with me this week. Oh, man. Um, but something happened. Something happened that night. And I, cannot, I can't explain it. And I don't know. And the process is just continues. It just keeps happening. I don't know when. I don't know when for me the stealing stopped. I don't know when the pornography stopped. It just went away. It just it, this process as we went along. It just went away. And so now we'll come current on this week. 
I'm just going to read from the book because it explains me to me so well. Um, it says, here it is. <laughs> Selfishness and self-centeredness. That we think of our, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity. We step on the toes of the others and re-retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocations. But invariably find that at some point in the past we have been made decisions based on self, which later places us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles we think of our own making, we, they are, we think, are basically out of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme, will, extreme example of self-will run, though he usually doesn't think so. So, this is where I'm at this week. How much time do I have? Oh, five minutes. Okay, real quick. I'm, I've got, I'm in about 18 different group texts where people send their food in and then there's commentary on the food and all that stuff. And I got included in, and I really, I hope you guys laugh at this, I got included in a gratitude list text string. And I fucking hate gratitude lists. I'm sorry. I hate gratitude lists. Now, it is, it's funny, isn't it? It's funny. For somebody who's been given so much... He just doesn't like gratitude list. And this is my my sponsor uses this as a doorway in. And I I don't really give him many doorways in. <laughs> but I, I, I actually just told him the truth. And it really came it came to a hard conversation about my critical and judgmental nature. <laughs> um and um you know, some things were brought up. And I got really uncomfortable. I got really uncomfortable. And I've had to sit in that discomfort. But here's the thing. And, and I've, told, I've, I've listened to newcomers talk about how they want to leave their sponsor even though it's working. Well, what happens when this guy has been nothing but loving and kind to me, has led me out of darkness and helped me become the man that I am today? And I'm, I'm out the door. I'm gone. I mean, I am, I am just gone, and it's just, and he wants nothing. He wants nothing but what is good for me. He and and that's not always pleasant. So I need, I need somebody continually in my business because I am sick. <laughs> that's it. I am sick, and that's all. And so. I am so, so grateful that you guys and the people that were here before and the newcomers that are here after, I'm so very grateful because you kept the doors open just, just for the inkling of possibility that somebody will come in the door and their life will be changed. And I know my daughters and I know my wife and I know my parents and I know my bosses and sometimes even my sponsor can see, you know, that, that, that things are better. So thank you very much. Thank you. What do I do? Questions? Yes? What was your breaking point? What brought you to OA first? What was your breaking point? What was my breaking point? The first time? It was that I lost to that I lost to my brothers and sisters in the marathon. Yeah, that was the first. I it, I couldn't stop eating the foods that I wasn't supposed to be eating for six hours. 
Yeah, when, when I was, when was going to do a diet, I was going to do it, and it lasted six hours. That was the first time that I came into OA. Yeah. Can you talk about how your, what's your understanding of your higher power, what's your relationship like, and uh, my spiritual practice is, is okay. Yeah, my my spiritual practice is, um, you know, I I I do I read upon awakening every day, and I follow direction. I meditate and pray every, every yeah every morning. Um, I don't know what my conception of God is. You know what it started off as? It started off as the clock, because only in Hollywood it was it had to be something stable and consistent for me. And only in Hollywood movies does the clock move backwards. So my next meal just got one second closer, and that was enough for me. I, I mean, oh, it just got another second closer. I mean, it's like, so I could be, that was something I could absolutely rely upon. And I, and, and I also packed all my food with me. So I could eat at any time. Any time it was my time to eat, that's when I ate. I just stopped working. I'm like, I'm going to go eat. Yeah. And so my practice, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a moving target. I don't know what it is, but here's the thing is if I do these things, if I take these actions, I generally um, I generally feel good about my life. I'm generally not I don't zero in on people and you know, it, it just I don't figure it out, it just gets removed. I share my feelings when I'm upset. Sometimes that's a mistake. You know, my sponsor then turns it on me, go figure. Um, but uh, um, I just try to share it, and then it just goes away. That's been my experience with my character defects. It just melted away. Yeah. You had a question? I did. Um, thank you for your share. Uh, what is your bottom line abstinence? Oh, so my bottom line abstinence is um, I just have an abstinence. I don't know if it's a bottom line. It's a good question. Um, I just have an abstinence. I have worked out my, my food plan with my sponsor. And, and the commitment is, I'm going to stick to any of those. I, I have lots of options in there. I know what I'm going to go, go have for dinner after this, and it's one of my meals that was worked out with my sponsor. So, and if there's any questions, I, I ask questions. I ask it, hey, what is, how does this sound reasonable? Yeah. So I, there's not a bottom line. It's just the abstinence. It's a commitment to not making choices alone. forget the exact wording, but you talked about um, um, uh, consistently um, uh, stepping up the, the goal for physical exercise. Yeah. How do you today not do that? How do I not put the goal on that was that was a, that's a great question. Um, I wanted to start exercising um, at the first two years, and, and my sponsor said. Can you can you go out and exercise without killing yourself? Because I like to exercise. I like when I exercise. I do it to oblivion. I do it to to where I cannot breathe. Thank you. Yeah, I want. I do to full tilt. And when he asked me that question, he said, "Can you exercise like that guy over there and just walk? And if you walk, if you run, that's." And so um, I said, "No." For two years, I said, "I, I just can't do that." And he goes, "Okay." Yeah, and it took two years to get any kind of plan of movement. Uh, uh, yeah, is that? Yeah, that's it. But thank you very much. Thank you.